we're willing to take the, the courageous step of looking like an idiot or <laughs> or changing the game, you know, and like you don't know until later. Last year, I, I reckon I was the busiest I've been, but almost the least effective. And, and the doubting was real on so many levels last year. We often think in business or in life, oh, I mean, if I just had money, if I just had money, in fact, park that if we just had people. People are awesome and people change everything. Mm. So for me, the people closest to me are my greatest encouragers yeah. and challenges and they will call me on stuff, but they will also encourage me. And so that is really, really important in this. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Today's guest is possibly one of the best speakers I've ever heard and I'm so excited to have him on the show as we've been following each other's stories for a few years now. You've probably heard of the amazing Thank You, but in case you haven't, it's a trailblazing social enterprise that commits 100% of their profits to helping end global poverty, and Daniel Flynn is a co-founder and managing director. Starting the business as Thank You Water at just 19 years old with his now wife but then girlfriend Justine and best friend Jared, they revolutionised an already saturated industry, allowing consumers to make a positive impact with their choices of bottled water, directing profits towards funding water projects in developing nations. Over 10 years later, they have 55 products in over 5,500 outlets, including Coles and Woolworths, after a spectacular campaign you'll hear more about, and are about to enter a new chapter. Daniel has also written his own book to help fund the business, Chapter One, with a revolutionary pay-what-you-want price tag and it's printed in landscape as in on the side, so you read it upwards instead of across, exemplifying his defining tendency to ask, but what if it works, when others might not even ask the question. And what better timing to sit down with this amazing human to hear his story than at the beginning of their National Shower for Good Day campaign this week that you'll hear more about in the episode and you may have seen us posting about. If anyone has seen it, you might have seen our little golden retriever Paul getting ready to shower for good. But we'll hear more about that later in the show. So, Daniel, thank you so much for having me in your beautiful office. This boardroom is incredible. Hey, it's so good to have you here. <laughs> I know that you have literally got about 24 hours in the country, so thank you so much. Even more grateful for you making time. No, no worries. It's actually, honestly, cool following your story. So we've followed for a long time, and when you reach out, I'm like, boom, would love to be part of it. Oh, that's so nice. And I've, yeah, been around with Thank You. I'm sure you guys have seen me posting for years. Yeah. It's not out of the blue, I you know. Yeah, we've got it in the cafe. We've got the hand wash in the cafe. We use it at home. Yeah. We've been to the, you know, the gala a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's been so nice following what you guys are doing as well. So definitely want to go through that. That The first section is called Way TA, which is mm. basically how you got to where you are today and all the stuff that people haven't usually heard of. But yeah. just to break the ice, I love to start every episode asking people what the most down-to-earth thing is about them. And that's usually because our digital personas are really out there. We do a lot of interviews and speaking and 
even if you are sharing some of the relatable stuff, people might not have heard it, but also social media can create this really glossy exterior. So what's something that's really normal about you? <laughs> or daggy or just like what yeah, makes you down to earth? I don't, good question. I mean, <laughs> my grammar, grammar comes to mind. I, my spelling and grammar is so bad. Like my mom's really? a teacher and I apparently well, I have written a book and done some stuff where I, I feel like at this point in my life, my grammar should be better. It is shocking. So like, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, you will know if you get an email from me because you're like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't quite work. And, and so we've had some really good editors help, uh, particularly spelling. Like I just, I, I really mess up words. No way. Yeah, you're so. so eloquent. I don't see you as like screwing up spelling at all. Oh, it's bad. And then my handwriting like is shocking. And that's not, <laughs> I want to open my book here as a podcast, but like, this is just, no one can read it. And some days I can't read it. But oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, I love that's, that you have like a physical yeah. handwritten book. It's not all computers. Yeah, and to be honest, I wish I did this more. So I, I started Thank You 10 years ago, always carrying a book and writing everything down. And then I went all digital because we use a, a signer and a whole bunch of Slack and different yeah, tools. Yeah. So I kind of got, you know, more used to putting stuff onto my phone in notes. But where's it gone? Whereas I can look back over, thank you. And I've got like, you know, label number one. You know, like <laughs> I read over it and it's got people's phone numbers and lists to do. Think of website name. You know, and like, <laughs> dang, I, I wish I kept this. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep it. You're going back. I'm going to back. analog. So that I'm keeping, yeah, analog. It's where it's at. People. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually still always, I have everything online, but then I carry around a diary like that that doesn't cool. have the date. Yeah. So it's just free writing. Like whenever cool. something comes in my brain, I'm like, and the, the stuff, the shit I write, like yeah. I go back sometimes and look at them. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm such an amateur. And honestly, I, I, I have lost one before and I'm like, oh no, someone has got like a whole global plan. Oh, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, they won't be able to read it, but if they but could, it's, it's all in there. That's you know, your inbuilt like protection. Chapter two, the title, I wrote it in there. Like, you know, so it's <laughs> yeah. out there somewhere. It's, it's going to be printed on the diagonal. I know, I know, right. <laughs> well, that was a reference in case you don't know yeah. to the fact that chapter one, which is Daniel's amazing book, which you will talk about, but which we all have to read, is game changing in every dimension, including that it's written in landscape. So you flip each page upwards instead of acrossways, which yeah. is just one demonstration of how game-changing and trailblazing you guys are, which is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and like the, the, my favourite thing about that, and I, I actually think it's such a good... It, it almost sums up thank you in a sense of like flipping the way things were done. Mm. It's, what, it's what, we are, what we stand for, but it's not as hard as people think it is. Like, like we, I love someone asked, like, the book is genius, it's written the wrong way. And, and the reason we did it was to cut through, right? So if you're on an aeroplane and you're reading a normal book, that book's invisible. Even if it's like the best book in the world, it's invisible. But the, this book, chapter one, will cut through because you'll look at someone going, what, what are you doing? Yeah. And so, so, so this is a cut through thing and we want to make a reader feel uncomfortable, which is technically not what you do when you create consumer product. Like yeah. it's about user experience. We're trying to disrupt you and make you feel something. And one guy's like, it's genius. And he's like, how did you do this? And literally my favorite line ever is, we hit rotate on the print file. <laughs> like that's it. Like that's how we did it. And like, thank you. And, and if we, as we unpack it, like we did simple stuff, but I suppose we approached it by going, just because it's never been done before or just because everyone including this publishing group or that person saying no 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 
like we're willing to take the, the courageous step of looking like an idiot or <laughs> or changing the game, you know, and like you don't know until later, yeah, until, until so the true. podcast. So anyway. I think that is one big message that I try and share with so many people is that if you're not willing to risk looking silly yeah. on the off chance that it will turn out to be an amazing idea, then you actually won't get anywhere. You have to be okay yeah. with the fact that it might not work yeah. because otherwise you won't try. It's true. So thank you did start actually when you were quite young. I think you guys were 19 and still at uni. But I want to start your way TA even before that. So young Daniel, were you cool at school? Were you a bit nerdy? Did you know that you'd end up in business? Or did you have, (laughs) I think you thought you would end up in property development. Yeah, yeah. So from a young age, how did that, everything leading up to thank you go? Great question. And look, apologies for all the truck noise in the background. I was just going to say. Like, like, honestly, <laughs> so thank you. We have a really cool office. It looks amazing, but our soundproofing is not good. So apologies to no, the No, it's listeners. natural. I like that it. it's totally. natural habitat. Yeah, you know, keep Colin it real. Wood keep sounds. it real. Got to be connected to the world. All right. So <laughs> I just met one of our new team members, um, Genevieve. I literally just met her five minutes before this podcast. And she tells me that her daughter goes to um, my old primary school, Blackburn Primary School. I'm no like, oh. She's like, yeah, they were saying that you went there. I'm like, oh, I did. So I went to Blackburn Primary, I went to Dunvale Christian College. I'm like, I'm surprised they remember me. I was a bit of a challenge of a student, you know, and I was. Like I was... In a rebellious way? uh, Yeah, like I I wasn't bad, bad, um, but I was often in detention. I was was kind of a boundary pusher. You know, that's the simplest way to put it. I push the boundaries all the time and that is hard. Like I I actually feel sorry for a lot of my teachers because I was, (laughs) you know, I was very questioning, very boundary pushing and um, that got me in a bit of trouble. And look, I was not the cool kid at school, you know, and and I I just, I wasn't. I was awkward um, in many ways. Um, I often talk about how even in early days high school, I had a really strong lisp. Did Um, you really? Can't hear it. At all. Have you had a speech Well, I have had a speech pathologist and I take my hats off to those people in that profession because it is game changing. But I did two years of speech pathology in year, uh, year 11 and 12. And like I got I got paid out for it a lot when I was younger, you know, yeah. and, and this thing. And it, and it, it kind of got to me, like it got in my head. So I was awkward. I, I would push the boundaries. I was up for fun mum tells me and she's a teacher and she she's horrified by this but she said that I came home in primary school and told her that my role I felt at school was to make sure other students enjoyed their schooling you know so like I was beautiful yeah I would be a bit smart to teachers and talk back and just sort of get in trouble a lot so that was me but I was also fascinated by business all through school so in primary school I was selling gobstoppers when they were on trend (laughs) Um, this next one's bad but I sold pet yabbies so so yeah I know (laughs) it's like animal cruelty I feel this is bad but like we'd catch them at the lake sell them in these boxes I feel terrible um we did maybe you were taking them to a better home though i mean you don't know thank you for the opti- <laughs> thank you for the optimism i'm just putting um, a spin on it putting a marketing spin um, and, and wash cars in high school i was you know trying to import mobile phones and sell them tried a bit of currency trading like i was just Whoa. and and it wasn't to make money like it, it well it, it was and i was also just fascinated by business i was reading business books i loved property for some reason my grandfather was a builder and maybe that sort of started you know i grew up in you know my parents for a little window of time did a thing called amway and i'm not sure oh yeah yeah sure if you ever met an amway kid but i grew up in that for like my first i don't know till about age seven 
And that's like super positive thinking, mm. super like dream big, mm. you know, and very business focused. And I look at some of that as the influences that, you know, by, by 18 and 19, I was like, well, by 18, I'm like, I'm, I'm, property will be my focus. And if I'm not a millionaire by 21, I'm a failure. You know, like I, I absolutely yeah. will be. And, you know, I, I would have at 18 told you which BMW I was going to have. And like I was just I was very focused and driven. And I suppose all of that comes out and thank you, <laughs> but just flipped. Yeah. Not how I probably saw it. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was kind of me as a kid. That's so cool. I love that you were the lemonade stand boy like you knew, even if you didn't know when you thought you'd actually start your career that you'd always looking back I think sometimes things make so much sense that you didn't realize at the time so true so you did start at RMIT yeah thinking that you would go into property development and then at 19 the thank you dream Mm. sort of started off now how did you go from I'm going to be a millionaire by 21 to I'm going to start a social enterprise Mm -hmm. based on bottled water with yeah, my best yeah, friend and yeah. my girlfriend yeah yeah um, <laughs> like it seems like quite a big jump it, it, it is a 180 degree shift you know it is a it is a real flip and and I, I i honestly struggled with it on some level so on one level i loved it and and the thing about me that i've learned is when i see something i find it really hard to unsee it <laughs> you know like i just can't yeah. i can't and, and it's a strength and maybe a weakness sometimes, like maybe Justine, but just let it go. But like, no, yeah. I know, I, this is my idea. Actually, yeah. our son, Jed, who's three. We, he's three. He's three. And he's, ah, oh, he's, he's, yeah. he's the kid. He, I love him so much. But over this, we had two months off sabbatical um, break and talk about later maybe, but over, over the break, he had these trucks and he was trying to get them from A to B. And he had his toys piled on the truck. And every time he moved the truck, all the toys fell off it. And he'd go, he'd be angry. Ah, dad, help, dad. I'd come over. He wouldn't let me help. I'm like, Jed, I'll help you. There's a better way. Don't pile them up like that. Like, this is nuts. It's not going to work for 20 minutes. (laughs) Let me strategize this with you. (laughs) For 20 minutes. He's like, he's like, no, dad, this is my idea. This is my idea, dad. And I looked at him like, oh my goodness, you are me. (laughs) What have I done? (laughs) Yeah, like, like that, that's me. Sometimes I lock onto an idea and I'm like, I can't let it go. And, and I've had to learn how to adapt as we grow up mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, and learn through failure. But I do lock onto things. So I think um, when I saw the world water crisis and I have this moment that I so often reference where I'm sitting in front of my computer, tears streaming down my face because I'm meant to be looking at property and I'm looking at the world water crisis. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who understands money and the fact that there is a lot of wealth in the world and that then I'm looking at kids who don't have clean water. They're dying. They're losing brothers. They're losing sisters. The statistics were shocking. 900 million people not having clean water, you know, four and a half thousand children dying each day. And I just sat there deeply moved and, and tormented is a strong word. But I, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like, I know how much money there is and I don't know everything about money, but I just know business is so real and people make so much money mm. and yet this is going on and, and and particularly that comparison to consumerism i'm kind of like well the answer's in front of us like we are spending billions on the dumbest stuff and <laughs> yeah. we've got this issue and so that was i suppose i saw it and in my head in the early days i thought i'd do both yeah. Property and this, um, what became thank you. So yeah. I kind of thought I'd do both. And it was by year three at university. I went, well, thank you is not actually working. 
it's nowhere near where it needs to be. And to get it there, we're going to have to go all in or drop it. And I yeah. went all in and kind of the property thing drifted and, and we got there. So it, was, it wasn't an overnight. Now I'm, it, it was a journey and it, it, it hurt, but it was a good process and I'm really grateful. I think any big worthy change is often pretty uncomfortable, yeah. but then you come out the other end and you're like, that was, it had to happen that way. Like yeah. it's huge change. Yeah. But I didn't actually realize that for the first three years, was it called Thank You Water already by Thank then? You. Yeah. And you were still, so for the first three years, you thought it was a side hustle kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, university was like the side hustle. You, yeah. you, <laughs> like I barely got there. It's bad. Like yeah. I, I, I was enrolled at RMIT and, and I did get to a few classes, but I was. <laughs> a few. Yeah. So, so it was. It went from an idea to taking probably 60, 70, 80% of the time and, and it kind of just it drifted pretty quick. But um, I honestly thought it would be pretty easy to get off the ground yeah. and I thought it would fly and then you could do a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And, and I've kind of learned kind of for my journey anyway that focus is like the greatest secret ever yeah. and it's hard because you have to say no to a heap of stuff. Yeah. But you can, I mean, I look at thank you going, it would not be the, here today if I kept those other ventures and tried to kind of juggle them and you know even after a couple of years it didn't work so yeah yeah so did you end up finishing uni or did you no, you just no. went straight balls out yeah doing thank you water yeah yeah it's amazing yeah. and you know not are you being so young and not having any experience in fmcg yeah. or production or anything like that yeah. and with you know your best friend and your girlfriend assuming yeah. they didn't have any experience yeah. either how did you start? What, what were the nuts and bolts of actually figuring out, yes, we're going to do bottled water, yeah. which already exists, yeah. Coca-Cola, yeah. Amateur, yeah. all these big brands already do that. Yeah. How did you go from that to, you know, thank you as a social enterprise that commits 100% of profit to end global poverty. Yeah. But that, again, doesn't happen like that. Yeah. How did you start? What were the so, first steps? So, I mean, initially it's, it was idea. So it was extreme consumerism extreme poverty and there's got to be a way to combine both from very early on i mean justine she loved that she'd grown up traveling to developing countries um, from the age of 12 so like her wow. yeah her story is like whatever almost the opposite of me at, at um at school in a sense like she was well she was raising money to go on trips to help people in developing countries and she had locked onto that from like so young so wow. she'd witnessed poverty firsthand she loved marketing she loved people and culture she, she's like daniel i love this this is like the dream to to use business to help make a difference and like so she was in early jared like he, he was up for anything from day one he's like bro i mean this is, is amazing and he was really into finance and numbers and like literally the stuff i wasn't so they were kind of in but we did did some workshopping with some others as well you know in the early days and, and some amazing people around what could this look like and there was a few crazy ideas talked about um <laughs> you know like vending machines or like I was actually thinking the other day, shampoo randomly had popped up, but like there was just these, there was some great brainstorming sessions, but very quickly we went to, hang on, what if the behavior change we required of people was almost nothing? Like what if we went to the already saturated bottled water market and gave a choice that's literally four centimeters away or, or three centimeters away from the biggest brands in the world? Mm. You know, and so that, I think the simplicity of that we loved. Um, we initially thought, thank you, could be, a million products and it would happen straight away we spent five years just trying to get water off the ground so <laughs> so so idea and reality is a process but we started by googling 
and that is not a just a throwaway line. Like we literally were like, cool, all right, water, okay. Um, how big's the industry? You know, <laughs> suppliers yeah, of water bottles, <laughs> literally bottled water suppliers, brands, case studies, and it is amazing what a quick Google can give you. And and that was our starting point. And then I am a big believer in meeting and picking up the phone. So rather than building the huge plan over a year and then starting, I kind of like the idea of building the plan on the go. So you have a yep, we want to start a bottled water company and we're going to give all the profits. <laughs> like, yeah, I, we, I, didn't, I didn't want to make a hypothetical kind of fat document. I, we just started meeting with factories and we're, we're like, hey, how does it work? You know, it, it was cool. It was yeah. raw and I love that. And, and I still do that today. Like people often don't know that because they're like, oh, this person's coming from thank you. Look at everything they've done. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening more than they know to every word, to, to how their industry works or what they're thinking because I'm thinking... How, what, what does this look like for thank you? Mm. So like learning and listening. I mean, the, the whole journey is like a steep learning curve yep. and it is as steep today. Yeah. And I mean like whatever the day is, Wednesday, like today, like before here meeting this morning, steep learning curve. Like, and, and it still is. And, and that is part of the great challenge and also what I love, what I love about it. Yeah. I think that is maybe something that has been a resounding common theme for all the people who have started businesses is that we have a thirst for that learning curve. And that's almost why you leave a corporate structure or you don't go into it at all because you can't get that as much that like, I'm just going to be out of my comfort zone all the time, which is amazing because you're growing all the time. Nothing is ever the same. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can imagine at the start though, did you get a lot of pushback for you guys being so young? And did your naivety help you in that? Because you were just like, I'm just going to ask. I'm not going to do it the traditional way. Yeah, So, so yes and yes. So we did get pushback. Um, you know, lack of experience, funding, age, but our inquisitiveness and I mean, naivety is a great word. I mean, we would just ask for things that you shouldn't ask for. We still do today. Mm. That's sort of how, uh, like in my mind, the only way forward, you know, and and the book, flipping a book is, (laughs) I I mean, the pushback to flipping the book is, well, that's a gimmick. Um, and, And a question was once asked, so like, why would you risk such a good story yeah. on a gimmick? Um, millions of books have written kind of the other way. Yeah. And, and, and my question to that was, well, why? Why are millions of books written the other way? Mm-hmm. And that person couldn't answer. Mm-hmm. Well, they said, well, there'd be, there'd be a reason. <laughs> there would be, but I, don't, be I can't tell you. <laughs> and like, I wonder in life how many things we do could be summed up by what well, but there would be a reason you know like the and and like there's this nature in in me and i hope in us as an organization to always ask that question why and 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 to wonder what if what if mm. there was another way what if we could you know i know i know we can't but let's just <laughs> pretend what if we could yeah um you know what if and and and, and i'm asking those questions today yeah like like everything i'm saying <laughs> i'm reminding myself like daniel keep that we have to keep it yeah. and we've lost it at times and 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 that hasn't been good yeah so now you have over 55 products it went yep. from thank you water it's now called thank you you have yep. done that huge blow-up expansion you're in over 5,500 outlets which yep. is just incredible and have just entered the new zealand market yep. as well so yep. huge huge growth yep. and i think people do look at that and go oh and it seems like an overnight success but you're yep. 10 years deep and yep. like <laughs> um, huge transitions and one of the big turning points I would guess is a turning point is getting into the majors yeah and that was 
through an incredibly game-changing, amazing campaign, which yeah. to me kind of summarizes the whole essence of you guys and what you do and how you do things differently and how yeah. you're bold and you're not scared to just do do big, crazy things. So can you tell us how, firstly, what the scale-up process was from yeah. this, you know, uni kids yeah. doing a project to being even in a position to pitch to the majors and sure. then tell us about that amazing campaign. Okay. So look, I mean, the short... The short version here is we have an idea, we Google, and then we found some supporters. Like we found a factory who's like, yeah, cool. I mean, if you can find someone who'll buy it, yeah, I could. I suppose I could make it for you. And, and we were able to kind of hack our way into the industry. We found a distributor who committed. Actually, that was awesome, on the spot. So he loved Whoa. it. He, he on the spot goes, I want 50,000 bottles. So that was awesome. That was like, Whoa. that was crazy. But, but those who know our story know that it wasn't smooth. So... It was a, a cool launch up until the moment where product hit the market and then we found there was a labeling issue and Ooh. we had to recall product um, from three states and, and it was in Australia and it was a shocking false start. Uh, we built up to 350 customers over the following 12 months. So a year in and then we lost 90% of them because <gasps> our factory didn't supply product. Um, we had two retailers looking at our idea and then they both said no and they both came out with their own bottle of water that went to oh. funding water projects. And then we, we met with one of the supermarkets, the majors, and he's initially like, he's like, you're dreaming. Like, it's a tough gig, guys. Yeah. You've got no idea how hard it is. 12 months later, he says, congratulations, you're in national range every store. So, like, we were persistent. We were like, you know, we've got a factory, so we found a factory big enough to be able to produce. We, you know, we believed in our concept. He says yes. Three weeks later, he, he moves on in his role, and the new person retracts the offer. Oh, no. So it's like our startup journey, I feel like, you know, I was at uni first three years, it's not working. And, and our kind of early tipping point that really led to the Coles and Woolworths campaign was a little campaign we ran called the 7-Eleven campaign where we uploaded a video. And we said, hey, everyone, we're meeting with 7-Eleven two weeks from today. Jump onto their Facebook wall, upload a post, say if, they're in, if, if they'd stock thank you water that you'd buy it. And it was the first time we really pushed the boundaries. So prior to that, we were ambitious and we'd ask questions you maybe shouldn't ask. This is the first time we went very public mm. and, 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 and there was some pushback like, guys, you, like, you, you can't do this. And all of a sudden in an industry, FMCG, which we didn't know a whole lot about, we were now pushing the boundaries and 7-Eleven ended up saying yes, product hit the shelf and it hit the market. And that was our first taste of, oh, the power of people. Yeah. The power of people. We often think in business or in life, or I mean, if I just had money, if I just had money, in fact, park that if we just had people. People are awesome and people change everything. And, and so I, I think we learned that. And then the Coles and Woolworths campaign took us two years to build from that moment. And over the two years from year three to five, we built a food range and a body care range. So we, we, we always loved to thank you being more than water. So we developed the products and then we launched this video on YouTube and Facebook and we said that, you know, for five years, the two biggest supermarkets have, you know, they've said no, but that's okay because two weeks from today, we booked a meeting with both of them. And right now, I'm in the video, right now, we're launching the Coles <laughs> and Woolworths campaign. And I still remember like the, like even branding those two in the same campaign, like, you know, one of an interview I did it. I think it was on radio, the guy's like, you know, you, you, can't, you can't put the two biggest supermarkets who hate each other in the same sentence. 
And I answer awkwardly that, oh, um, Wesley, our graphic designer, he didn't find it too hard. <laughs> he <laughs> just put them he's, together. He's put them together. And, <laughs> like, what a good answer. It's a thank you. But, like, it, it is that's, – that's thank you. Like, you, you, you can't do this stuff until maybe one day you, you just do. Yeah. And, and we, we saw humans, people, amazing people, upload posts of them singing or dancing and rapping, getting creative, showing their support onto the Facebook pages of Coles and Woolies. And then we flew helicopters, um, <laughs> one in Melbourne, one in Sydney. Um, over the headquarters, right? Yeah, over the headquarters. So for, for half an hour, we're circling with these huge signs that said, like, dear Coles, thank you for changing the world, you know, brackets if you say yes. And so we... We are circling and that came from a meeting where we're brainstorming as a team how do we get this off social into the real world and someone's like we need a sign out the front of the head office and then it's someone so else cheeky. yeah and then someone else is like well no that'll get like security would kick you off I'm like yeah cool okay and then someone's like what about a helicopter and i i don't know i think it was justine who's like yep yeah, that's that's amazing and it was so impractical like, yeah, and like super expensive. <laughs> super ex- it actually turns out the whole thing cost $50,000 to do the helicopters. Now, we didn't pay that. We had two helicopter pilots donate their time. Someone Amazing. donated the signs. Someone donated the fuel. Like, it was just actually, no, I think we paid for the fuel. The fuel was the only bit we paid for. And it was just this epic, like humans coming together, yeah. going, let's change and challenge the system. And that's thank you at its core, and it worked. I mean, five hours after the meeting at Coles and three hours after Woolworths, we were in. That's incredible. And, it, and, and, and they're like, you're in. And so it, it broke. The well, internet. Broke the internet. It broke, <laughs> it broke the rules. I mean, the industry, this, this still hasn't happened. A, a product decision from, like, first meeting to decision within hours, it's unprecedented to this day. And then a month later, we hit the shelf, and most people are thinking it's hype. You know, I wonder even if the supermarkets thought it might be Facebook hype, and but it worked. And so now today, as you mentioned, there's 55 products. We've got some market-leading hand washers ranked to number one and two and, and a personal care business, which is just huge. And thank you is getting big, but it's also as simple as people coming together, mm. using what's in their hand. And I love that thought that often we look at what's in our hand and we think it's not enough. Like at 19, I'm like... I don't have enough. I don't have money. I don't have experience. But I had time. That's what I had. You know, Peter and Jeff had a helicopter. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, 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 and John, he had a factory. And, like, everyone has different stuff in their hand. And, and I just, I think thank you as a collective of people using what's in their hand to make a difference. And I encourage people, like, don't just look at what you've got and think, because it's not enough, therefore I can't. I just think embrace what you've got, even if it, feels like almost nothing mm. but like take that little you have find some other people you know and and build from there so that's an amazing message i'm like so inspired now i'm gonna fly helicopters over do it. everywhere do it. <laughs> and sprinkle matter into the air do it. so your personal profi- profile along the way has also grown yep. um you're an incredible speaker which is why it surprises me so much that you had a lisp when you were young but mm. yeah one of the best speakers i've ever seen um, you've written your best-selling book, Chapter One, which yeah. is the rotated book. Yeah. Have won some really, really cool awards along the way. 2014 Victoria Young Australian of the Year. And Chapter One, another huge thing, which I don't think we mentioned earlier, is that not only was it printed on its side, yeah. it was a pay-what-you-want price tag, which, again, is like what the actual, you know, <laughs> like yeah, As a retailer, yeah, yeah. you get it. Yeah. Um, and that was a that was a really important moment for us. The book solved the problem. So 
one of our great challenges with this idea of 100% of our profit going to aid and development projects is having money to do crazy growth stuff. So we budget for expenses in, in growing our business in kind of, um, you know, day to day, but to do new stuff like a new country or launch a whole new category, like where do you get the money? And usually you go, um, well, I'll just use my profit or I'll talk to an investor. Mm. And both of those things are off the table for us. So yeah, so we don't have investors. We have no equity partners. Even as founders, we don't own Thank You. We, we um, you know, our charitable trust owns Thank You. And so we, yeah, it was a problem. But, the, but again, the answer we thought was humans, people. And we, we wrote a book to the people saying, hey guys, here, here's chapter one. And the book is called it. Uh, chapter one and 100% of the profit from chapter one will fund chapter two the future buy the book fund the future and that was the premise and pay what you want uh was both to disrupt but also because books don't make much money anymore it didn't matter anyway yeah yeah um (laughs) it didn't matter and i think the the best-selling book in australia is five thousand copies be lucky to make about 50 grand profit we know to launch new countries new products you need a lot of money and initially we we wanted to raise and i think you were at the launch we wanted to raise 1.2 million Mm. um and I think I even remember honestly sharing at that dinner. We had about 900 people in the room sit down and I still remember saying, and we're launching a book. And I could feel the heaviness in the room like, oh, oh, is that what you, is that all you, what? I'm like, just pay what you want. I could still feel the heaviness. But by the end of the presentation, I felt like people got it. And we raised that night $360,000 in book sales and then, in the next month, 1.4, not 1.2, 1.4. And right now it's at 2.5. But we'll, we'll oh. get ten to $20,000 some weeks still coming in from Chapter 1. That is so it, Like We're three years on and it's in the top 50 still at airports. And I'm like, it continues to do two things. Bring money in um, and, and open doors. Like books, man. They, it's opened some of the craziest doors around the world. Um, I've found myself sitting in people's lounge rooms going... Like, like, okay, one of my all-time heroes, and in fact, at Thank You, we love Seth Gooden. He's one of the greatest marketers on the yeah. planet. Very disruptive. Uh, he's written 19 best-selling books. But, oh. but, but two of them, for me, that really shaped me. And, and Thank You, one is called The Purple Cow, and the other would be Tribes. So if you're listening, that, that those two are, are some of my favorite. But Yeah, I'll pop them in the show notes. But, but man, uh, Seth bought Chapter 1, <gasps> Week 3 of the launch and and what what he doesn't know is we sat back as a team going okay what if we did a campaign to get seth gooden to buy a book so we we talked about do we set up a website like seth gooden buy like we had all these ideas and they were actually a little bit disruptive but i was hoping (laughs) i was hoping it was attention and then someone who knows him who knows us said you know what i don't think your plan is a good one like it, it might put him off so we parked that months before launch then when launch happens he buys it organically he did it anyway and he, he picks us up in his tesla in in and we sat in his lounge room in in new york and he's like for an hour and a half we're like brainstorming the future of thank you i'm like <laughs> what is this <laughs> what is happening um, <laughs> that's you know, insane so chapter one uh, i mean that's a moment jane is a lady a lady paid fifty thousand dollars for one copy that that is the most paid uh, we, we've had 10,000 about three months ago, seven and a half, five, heap of 1,000s. I'm going to pretend that they were me. <laughs> I think I paid 100 bucks that night. But you know it what? Was You're co- a legend. But it was so cool watching cool. everyone respond to you on that night and writing amounts that like we would never pay that for a book. 
but it was it's crazy. But they're buying into you and what yeah. you're doing yeah. and the vision, and it was amazing because you did on the launch kind of feel the skepticism of like, what do you mean? People are just going to take it off the shelves and pay yeah. 50 cents. Yeah. But yeah. instead, everyone's response was pay more yeah. because yeah. that's their yeah. way of yeah. supporting you. Yeah. And, and look, some people have paid 50 cents. We've had a heap of, <laughs> we've, we've literally had a heap of five cents. Like Shut heaps, up. heaps online. We've got their names, their number. Oh my <laughs> God. As if you would own up to that. Let, let's put it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah some addresses. Name and shame. Um, but no, like, but, but people tested it and I'm, I'm cool with that like if, if we did our job right you pay five cents for that book by the time you finish reading i'm hoping you go and oh i'm gonna buy another copy for each of my friends at yeah. 20 bucks you know yeah. so we, we you know that's amazing i mean even logistically my brain knowing like distribution and retail like trying to measure for stores how to buy with a non-permanent price tag oh my god like just amazing that you don't see that as a challenge you're like i'm still gonna do it anyway I love yeah. it. I yeah. love that. I mean, it does create a lot of work. <laughs> and, 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 and this is the thing. Like, the idea is simple. You know, I've, I, great quote that I think is in the book, but I read it on Janine Ellis's wall when I was sitting, yeah, I was sitting in her uh, waiting room once to get some advice from her. And on the wall, Janine and Jeff, it says, um, an idea isn't worth much. Its value is found in its execution. That's such a good one. Yeah. And like, it, it's true. Like you can have an idea, pay what you want, but man, has that caused the execution has been a lot of work for a lot of people and they've done an amazing job and we've delivered it. But I think often, particularly for myself, I underestimate the execution of everything. Every yeah. launch we've ever done, I'm like, that'll be six months. And two years later, we like just scraped through, yeah. you know, but... Um, so you're the ideas guy that the whole the rest of the team who have to do the, you know, roll out yeah, the idea yeah. like, Daniel! Yeah, <laughs> a, a little bit. I mean, today the cool thing is about thank you and this is what I'm loving about thank you and our team. As we've grown, we have so many ideas people across the business too. So yeah, I, I tend to have a few ideas just as them. Um, Jazz has them too, but we have so many team members now who are dreaming up campaigns that we literally watch for the first time when they pop up. That's amazing. Like, I saw Jussie in the car this morning as we're driving in. Um, we've just flown in from New Zealand. She's looking on Instagram at a campaign that's just launched. And the team have done a great job and we're watching it. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Hey. So we've got people who are like amazing and they're gifted and they're doing great work. And that that's cool that's that really cool feel so surreal yeah it's it, it's it's both weird and awesome beautiful people as promised i thought i'd tell you a bit about national shower for good day as you know thank you commits a hundred percent of its profits to helping end global poverty and all body wash products help get water and sanitation to people in need so thank you are encouraging you all to shower for good by buying a bottle of their botanically scented body wash, which is heavenly, using it for a delightful shower experience and then sharing some love, hashtagging shower for good. Today, yes, today, as you're listening to this episode, is National Shower for Good Day and every day with thank you. So pick up a bottle of thank you body wash from Coles, Woolworths or Chemist Warehouse and help do some good while smelling great. You can even track your impact with the unique tracker ID on each bottle, which is so cool. And the body washes themselves are so beautiful, my favourite being the sweet orange and almond. Plus, they're free from SLS, SLES, EDTA and parabens and are made with love in Australia from ingredients derived from nature. I'll pop a link for more info in the show notes and highly recommend you check it out. Let's all shower for good. 
So what is your role now, day to day? Now yeah. that obviously the business just has changed podcasts. so much. Like yeah. I'm just like, you know, I'm looking for more podcast gigs. Yeah. Um, All right, anyone out there? Yeah, help. Um, I can connect you with this yeah, PA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not paid, but, you know, I enjoy it. I, I, <laughs> I, I, my, my role, we, we've been at tension, if I'm honest. Thank you for, I reckon, a decade. And it's a tension between um, pioneering and sustaining you know good category growth in business like mm. like um there's this word i love blue sky um and the definition of blue sky is um oh okay it's just slipped in my mind there's a storm coming in right now as i look out the window <laughs> and you're but like, oh i've lost my blue sky there's, there's a storm in my <laughs> mind but essentially it's it, blue sky thinking is to to dream and to dream big without kind of the um restraints of reality you know and and so people go have a blue sky idea at thank you we've had them and we've pioneered so chapter one Coles and Woolworths like these 7-Eleven these moments in time wow but there's a great tension here between pulling that off and that in itself is a discipline that in itself is a focus and it takes all of you And then also sustaining a really good FMCG business against the biggest FMCG companies in the world who've spent a decade or a hundred years doing it. Yeah. Wow. And so like keep their profits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that that's been the tension. So we've been historically really good at launching stuff and really, if I'm honest, average at sustaining growth. You know, like not new growth, but kind of categories we enter and and so we've gone on this journey over the last two years has been really important and painful to go hang on (laughs) there's got to be another way right right now in in thank you we've we've actually split teams so we've got two teams um one team that is focused on the core and 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 70% of our business today is our personal care range Mm -hmm. so so not the water um not other products but you know, health and beauty and personal care. So their focus, we've got 50 people here, focus on that. And that in itself means dreaming up amazing creative. And it means having blue sky ideas, but within the context of FMCG and product and innovation. So we've got a whole part of thank you focus on that. And then we have a a really small team that is currently working on a couple of pioneer projects. And Justine and myself, we we are running that team. Okay. Um, and and the team name is uh, you know it's it, there's there's a lot under of under embargo the, yeah totally <laughs> but but um, we we are working on something that has been I mean ten years of kind of dreaming of imagine if we could and now we're working on this thing that is challenging us it's really applying everything we've learned in 10 years but we now have the focus to do it so we're, we're off the grid in a sense mm. from the day-to-day and we're so grateful to this amazing team we've got probably some of our most experienced team we've ever had running the core of what we do and we're out working on kind of the next thing and and I, I one day we'll share it and i can't wait for it but we are also trying to solve in this this tension between the whole business kind of running to a pioneering project but then really, really nailing sustainable growth yeah. in markets, in categories. And, um, you know, one project I can briefly touch on is water. You know, bottled water is the dumbest product on the planet. And it's where we started 10 years ago. And it's a tiny percent of what we do today. But we've been talking for a long time about that needs to change. Yeah. And so often that project kept getting kind of sidelined or kept getting delayed because we had to focus on the core yeah so we've got some really cool ideas and and uh and and we're working on them but then it would get kind of delayed delayed and so now we're going hey what if we 
flipped how we worked. Mm. And, and, and so now projects like that water project and a couple of other little something somethings <laughs> are, are, getting, are getting built with full focus. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, I mean, it's, it's actually probably been like right now is the most exciting time for, for me. He's always said, um, whatever you say yes to, you are saying no to something. That's next section, which is called NATA, which is basically all the challenges and yeah. little things along the way that get in the way of your joy and yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. So I think one of them probably is that you've had such explosive and amazing growth that then you've had these focus challenges, which is, yeah. you know, an amazing problem to have that you're having success in too many yeah. areas, but you yeah. do have to refine. So yeah. tell us about when you guys closed the food range. Yeah. So yeah. that I can yeah. imagine yeah. was quite a, yeah. a, a big piece of your baby to let go of. Yeah. And a big NATA in the yeah, sense of like, yeah. it's it's hurt to have to let go of something that is yeah. amazing. The products were amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and it did hurt. It hurts. It, it's like, thank you. We always envisioned moving forwards, and 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 forwards being linear. You know, like not yeah. backwards. Not yeah. like how is backwards growth? And and we went on a kind of a deep dive, and and the food decision was um, basically looking, going, man, we've got this food business, which was doing okay. Um, and, and like, I mean, we were silver status at Woolworths. So silver's like, wow, it's not, it's not gold. It's not bronze. It's though. not bronze. <laughs> but, but if I've learned one thing in a, in a decade, it's that if you are not doing remarkable things, it, it, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. Yeah. It, it hurts. It costs you money. It costs you time. Like you've got to, you have to be remarkable and to do less, but be remarkable at it. And that, that was one of the filters. Also, we're fighting competition in the food front, uh, water we're trying to reinvent, body care is like this incredibly booming business that wasn't getting the focus. Mm. It's like we looked at how much time and resources going into the best parts of thank you. And it was almost nil compared to the trouble parts of thank you. And we just entered the baby category toughest fight of our life really 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 challenging mm. like unbelievable the hardest thing we've attempted and and we're trying to launch new zealand and that kept getting delayed and so we had to sit back and go well, hang on a second we have overextended we're spread too thin and when we're gonna we're not gonna be here tomorrow unless we make some tough calls today and so pulling out of food to focus on personal care and baby was some of those calls, um, restructuring and all that came into it as well. Um, we titled this period at Thank You Better Before Bigger. I, I actually wrote that down. I think it's such a good one because it's so tempting to just get yeah. carried away when you're having, you know, just say 60% success. Yeah. It's like, well, that's still good. Or 70%, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah we're not going to close that down. Yeah. But I don't think people factor in opportunity costs no. of things like yeah. that. It's like yeah. do the small things well yeah. before you go. And I'm so bad at that. I get tempted to be yeah. like, wee, big things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's true. It can be a big distraction. It can sink you if you don't make good decisions. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of our board members, um, our, our, our chairman, Craig, you know, and he challenged me for so long on this. Daniel, opportunity costs, what are you doing? I'm like, Craig, no, 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 I'm not giving up. Oh, well, no, no, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. And, and that is a strength, but it's also a blind spot for me because yeah. at some point you, you, like, you don't know what you're sacrificing. And we yeah. were delaying New Zealand um, by years and it ended up being a two-year delay in New Zealand credit to food credit to um, our baby launch and a few other things within thank you and and so I think it's a if I look at the next 10 years of thank you versus the last 10 years it's that understanding of man we 
we need whatever we do we have to do it at at that level of remarkable mm. or not turn up like yeah. we, we've, we've got to go all in deliver something remarkable and we have to fail fast everyone talks about it and i like the idea of failing fast but i'm also pretty determined and so i'm like oh no we'll get there so so yeah anyway a big theme in this podcast is self-doubt and yeah. i imagine that when you are making such big huge decisions and very publicly now that you're so well known yeah. and that people expect excellence from you yeah do you ever doubt your own decisions and has that been a part of your journey, you know, when you're about to do something really kind of risky or yeah. against the grain, which you're doing all the time, do you get racked by self-doubt? Yes, um, in short, yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, end of last year, last year I, I reckon I was the busiest I've been, but almost the least effective and, and the doubting was real on so many levels last year. And it wasn't. It was not a great space. I took two months off, had a sabbatical, came back, refreshed. Like I did two months and no email, no work. I'd switched off by day two. I I, I nearly physically crashed. Like my last week before leave, like everyone didn't know this. Justine did, but like I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. I I scared myself. I was like, oh no, you've gone too far. Like I told the team, I said, hey everyone, um, you know when you stretch a rubber band and it hangs (laughs) so far and then and then it snaps. I said, I reckon. My snap date was December 8, and, and that's my last day. So I, I'd planned it a couple of months out, and that's my last day. Yeah. And, and I reckon I was, I reckon nearly, I should have called it December 2nd. You know, like that's what it felt like in that last week. I'm struggling to get out of bed. I'm thinking, man, oh, no, I've, I've really hurt, my, I've, I've hurt myself here. Like, what have I done? Um, the two months off couldn't have come better. And it, it became this amazing time, read some really, really important books for me and got some thinking that just transformed me. And then I came back into this year ready to go. Like, you have no idea how ready I am to go. And also how I want to do things different in this decade to the last. But there's still things like right now we're working on an idea and a strategy that is so, and I'm not saying this for hype, but it's so impossible. But it might, it will work. But it, that, that's my, but, I, but there are moments where I'm like, oh, just, I don't know, like, like, is it going to, you know, and, and like, and, and the reason I say jazz, like, that's just a, a, we're talking literally two nights ago, like, as we're going to bed, and, and there's this in me going, I don't know, I don't know, and yeah. I'm about to speak at a conference in America um, that's really, really, really high profile. It's in two weeks' time. It's a 13-minute talk. Wow, yeah, that's really, concise. Very tough, to be honest. They're some of the hardest is the short ones, and it's in a room of, um, CMOs, so it's 300 global CMOs. So, like all of the biggest brands in the world are in the room, and they have a combined marketing spend of 150 billion. Sure, yeah, like sure. Yeah. So, but like, like, so they're uh, like me. Yeah. So they're like you and thank you combined. Yeah. If we combine the two, if we combine our yeah. marketing spend, totally, we'd get that. And so I'm like, and I know I can speak, and you've very kindly said that you think I can speak, but I'm. I, there are moments of they've asked me to be the opening keynote speaker. And what, wow, that's a huge honor. It also comes with that element of pressure because there's this, hey, you're going to open and the founder's like, you're going to set the scene and I just know it. It's going to be like the theme of the whole event and I'm like, okay, great. But there's this pressure and so there are moments where I doubt, but uh, that's human nature. Um, I think though, um, I love this idea of of faith, of but what if it could work and, and self-belief, but it comes from not just inwards, that's important, but those around you. Mm. So for me, the people closest to me, 
are my greatest encouragers yeah. and challenges. And they will call me on stuff, but they will also encourage me. And so that is really, really important in this. Yeah. So actually speaking of the people who are closest to you as well, like Jazz being your business partner and wife and mother to your child. Yeah. And Jared has recently exited the business. He has. How has the boundaries between working with people you love and having personal relationships with them and all that kind of evolution, particularly yeah. over a decade. I mean, Nick yeah. and I are the same, but yeah. we've only done it for four years yeah. Yeah. and we didn't have a best friend yeah. added to the mix as well. How yeah. has that been a challenge for you? Yeah, look, it is, um, it, it's been it's been the best of times and the worst of times, you know, yeah. like it, it makes it the best thing ever and also the hardest thing ever. You know, and, and, and I wouldn't wish it any other way. I wouldn't want to wind back the clock and change it. Like, I, I love it. But there are some times where it's really hard. Um, but I think what, when I look at Justin and myself, like, we, the fact that we get to go on this journey together, the fact that we get each other, you know, like, we are, <laughs> you know, we, we, we're driving in, we're literally in New Zealand at the moment, right? We're driving a Nissan Tida, like, one hubcap's missing, <laughs> Jed's in the back. Like we're ten years in, we're pioneering. We're like we're just. And, and I'm not sure why I referenced the car, but it's like we're in like epic startup mode, right? For this sort of future thing, and 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 I sort of at her and I'm like, I'm just so glad we get each other. Yeah. Because it, if you didn't understand where we're heading and why we're doing what we're doing, you could very easily complain and be like, what the heck is this? Yeah. But we get it. And so that's really cool. And there are some moments where like it meant if you disagree on something and you see it completely different and then you go home and you're like, oh, you're, you're the person I disagree with and now we're at home together. You're you know? still here. Yeah, yeah. Awkward. So like there's, but, but, but I, I wouldn't want it any other way and there's a great strength in it. Um, you know, in the journey with Jared, you know, I, I, I miss him. You yeah. know, I do. He's made the right call for him. I, I, I believe it. Um, and, and he looked at 10 years ago, this has been an amazing chapter. Yeah. Most people don't even make it to three. Oh, yeah. 10 so, is a huge It's a decade. Thing. And for him, he's got a next chapter. And, and I'm really, really excited for him and Jess and, and, and their girls in the journey for them. And, and I do miss him, but I, I, I love that you can have, um, you, can, you can scale the highest mountains yeah. and, and, and sometimes in the most dangerous circumstances. But when you look to your left and your right, you've got people there who believe in you, yeah. love you. Like love is a soft word, but it's a very strong thing. Yeah, and I totally. think love is, is a just a, oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't do this without having that you know, around me. Yeah, it's so, and it's so lovely and, and rare, I think, and unique that you do have it in work and in your personal life. And speaking of that kind of, um, that boundary between personal and, and work, yeah. that leads us to the last section, which is called Play TA. And yeah. I love this because this is the bit where you find out who people are outside of work. Yeah. And particularly when you work with your family or your yeah. partner, that's a really hard line to draw. Yeah. And when you are so driven and you yeah. own the business, it's even harder. So... Yeah. What do you, I'm, I am conscious of your time. I know you're a no, busy no, no. man. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, good. Okay, okay cool. We're good. Let's just keep going. <laughs> uh, I have so many things to ask you. I could talk to you forever. But um, what, what, is there an identity of Daniel outside of work? How do you maintain those boundaries? Is yeah. there anything you do that is just for play? Like I find I got into a phase where my reading and podcasts and relaxation was still business books. Yeah. I was always learning and yeah. I was never resting. And that's, you talk about a sabbatical, that's when you don't have fresh ideas and creativity yeah. and perspective. What do you do to just unwind? Yeah, so look, there's a couple of things we've built in. Um, 
and and you know one of our anchors i would say every week so every week we have a day off now to give context to this we aim to have a weekend but often with travel or events we can end up you know at, at stuff but the 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 rule is every single week there is a 24-hour period often on a sunday sometimes a saturday we do not use the T word, which is thank you. You know, unless, unless we're thanking someone. Oh, yeah, I was um, like, wow, that's rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like we, we are, we, like there is no emails, there is no calls. That's amazing. Um, can, like we, we, and this has become like, oh my, this is the best thing ever for us. So it, it, it protects that time. That is family time. That is sacred. That is very protected. And like if the most amazing opportunity in the world came up on that day, um, we, we either say no to it if we said yes, that 24 hours moves to Monday. Yeah, you, you don't cancel Saturday. it ever. No, it doesn't cancel and it can't be banked. It can't be like, oh, we'll take a week off. So so that has given us a rhythm every week. Um, and then in our personal life, we have, in the past, we did things like um, we used to drive into work together. So we'd talk about work on the way home and when we got to the garage and the door shut, then we had to stop. Yeah. So we could talk as husbands and wife about work Um you know, but but it's the difference between talking about work as a couple versus getting into operations, and that would happen. Yeah. So so that's what we did. But you know, we haven't always got the balance right. Um, Justine had, um, you know, some some health challenges um, early last year, and she ended up having what was going to be three months off, ended up having nearly a year off. And I've also worked myself to like the end the end of last year yeah. so like i'm saying this to say we are learning we're on a journey um but justine kind of got a head start on me in this whole <laughs> idea of rest yeah and working out of rest so I, I i mean i i read this book a guy went through burnout and um he ended up in hospital like he was a wreck wow. and i was like oh and he was 50 and i'm like man i'm so lucky to be reading this at 30 not in hospital and not at that point that he's at, but he opens up and he talked about, he said 85% of what you do in, in business as a leader or in an organization. Um, and he was, he ran an organization, um, anyway, he was like 85% of what you do, someone else could do. Most leaders never want to admit to that because everything they do is important because they're so amazing. They're indispensable. Yeah. yeah. He said, no, 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 85% someone else can do. 10% someone highly trained, highly skilled can do, which leaves 5%. And it is this 5% that only you can do. And he proposes that's what you're on the planet for, the 5%. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, so I'm starting to go through my 5%. I'm thinking, yeah, I, I know what it is. And then he starts talking about his. He talks about his relationship with his wife, his kids, his health, his sleep. He's like, no one can sleep for you. You are literally oh. the only person on the planet who can sleep for you. And I'm like, oh, no. So as he's unwrapping this, and he basically makes the point that once you do these things well, these relationships, there's not a lot of time left. But so often what we do in business is we end up sacrificing those things for busyness, for everything, for everyone else. And he's like, you've got to protect that. And then he talked about for him when it came to the work thing, it was leadership, not uh, management and he had a few things and so I've written my five percent I've over my time off gone I I cannot run around and my my greatest trap which he talked about as well was living up to other people's expectations oh totally so I have tried and it has nearly broken me to meet everyone's expectations and what happens over time is you're trying to meet team board business partners, external um, people at this event or that event or on this social channel. So you're trying to meet everyone's expectation. Over time, it wrecks you. It tires you out. 
So then your decisions aren't as good, mm. your responses aren't as good, and people start going, oh, I don't know. Dan's like, oh, yeah, kind of dropping a bit. Yeah. And that's not great. So then you work even harder, and it's like this downward spiral. In his case, he ends up in hospital, and he's like, all those same people that I was trying to meet the expectations of are now like, you should look after yourself better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's like, so funny. So, so for Jazz and I, we are at this point of going, we, we cannot do the last 10 years again. Yeah. Like it was amazing. We're grateful and we've learned from them. And there's so much good to take into the next 10. But we need to focus in on what's the 5% we can do. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm not committing to stuff. Like I'm saying no to so much stuff mm. this year. Like to give you a window, it's March. I'd usually probably have 50 maybe 80 talks booked by now. Last year, I probably did 150. Whoa. I've got four. Um, <gasps> there, actually, no, sneaky five. There's a sneaky five. <laughs> yeah, okay. A sneaky five. Um, <laughs> but, but still, I mean, that doesn't even compare. But I'm getting, I'm getting hit up every minute and I'm just saying no. Yeah. My diary is clearer than it's ever been, but it's not empty. I've got really important work to do. And if I don't do it, thank you, doesn't get to where it needs to go. And yeah. so I'm, I'm saying no to so much. And it's so strange because I know I'm letting people down in the short term, but long term, I've got a responsibility here and thank you and what I do to deliver. And then beyond thank you, me, Daniel Flynn, like I am a dad and I want to have a relationship with my kids that isn't just photo based or like I, I want to know them. I want to spend time like two months with Jed every day. Oh, best thing on the planet. Amazing. Like like we loved it. And, and he'd wake up. All right. So we'd wake up and uh, and he's like, Dad, are you going to work today? Oh, no. Oh, thanks, Dad. He'd come and give me a hug. We'd repeat that for like That's so many best. days. He's like, oh, thanks, Dad. And, and we just loved it. And, and I think, you know, I, I want to work different. And, and, and it doesn't mean I won't work as hard. It's just different work. And yeah. it's also the boundaries and the boundary setting. My, one of my great mentors, is, he's always said, um, whatever you say yes to, you are saying no to something. That's so funny. I do a quote of the day every day. That was my quote yesterday. Come on. I mean, you weren't the mentor, but you can now Yeah, I was mentor. about to say everyone that was yeah. me. Yeah. But that, so that is it. So we never realize that we're saying no to our partner or yeah. no to our health. Or, like, and so in my diary, like I've got, you know, date night, Friday night is in my diary and I've written date night, deleted on risk. But if, <laughs> if like, if, I don't know, if Nick called me, he's like, bro, you got to come to this thing. Let's go hang out. I'd be like, um... Okay, let me just <laughs> let me just go and say no to my wife. Like yeah. you know, like it's a conscious thing. Yeah. If the diary if it didn't have that in there, you wouldn't think. Oh, twice. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'll just move date night. But like so and, and date night for us is just an example of, hey, here's another anchor we're trying to build in yeah. that is is regular and we're not perfect. We wait but you know It's like a psychological tripwire of like yeah. you have to double guess your decisions. Am I doing the right thing for yeah. the things that I need to do. I do that too. It's all yeah. in my calendar with the same colour and importance as a meeting. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, otherwise you don't treat it that way. So it's true. too dispensable. Yeah. Um, so when you guys do have a date night or you yeah. are at home with Jed, what are some of the things that Daniel, not at Thank You, does? Do you... Are you a TV watcher? Do you exercise? Do you cook? And I know you guys, your faith is really important yeah, to you yeah, guys. Yeah. Who is yeah. non-thank you, Daniel? Okay, so there's who <laughs> I am and then there's who I want to be. And okay, and, and <laughs> so who, there's aspirational yeah, Daniel. <laughs> so aspirational Daniel wants to do exercise every day and be super fit. I really 
like it's bad. I got to get there. So right. So that that is one of my aspirations. I love snowboarding, but again, I only get, I only get there a couple of times a year. Yeah. And I want to take up kite surfing, and I've done one lesson, Ooh. and I loved it. So I kind of want a summer winter outlet. Yep. They are a little bit hard to do. So. Yeah, but again, that's part of kind of, of where I'm heading. Uh, where, where I am today, I mean, family time is pretty simple. It's time together. Just we being. will just being together yeah. is amazing. We'll go out and like in New Zealand, we're living near the beach, so we're often on the beach. Oh. Justine like grew up on beaches, so she's loving that. So family time is kind of pretty raw. Playing with toys, building Lego. Um, we go we go out um, play centers. Um, Jed loves oh, that. I yeah. think today or oh no yesterday justine him went to like a wrecking room where like he can oh just wreck everything that's like amazing it, yeah. so 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 i need a technique there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but it so so that's family time um date night i mean we're you know we're out for dinners movies netflix is cool like yes. like every now and then there's a there's a you know that that's cool i, I like it when really successful people watch netflix i'm like yeah, yeah okay cool i give myself permission to watch yeah. netflix yeah. but only docos no i'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, i was I'm like kidding. only business documentaries yeah, totally. um but like and, and and there is a guilt around that for me on on yeah it, it is hard like I, I i do often feel like all right if i'm going to watch something it needs to be educational or you know and and or if i'm going to read it needs to build me and thank you and so there is that and part of that's healthy and part of it's unhealthy yeah so a bit of undoing that and then faith for us is really kind of another anchor if we look at the the flins and even us as an anchor it is big and so we are living in new zealand at the moment jazz and i and jed we go to a local um, church which we're loving and and we go there on the weekend and there's a great community and for me it's it's like a it's it's just like a leveler it's it's beautiful all these people come together and you sing and if you brought <laughs> your friend who had no understanding of kind of the whole faith journey they'd be like what are you doing yeah. uh, but like it, 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 in a sense it is it is so beautiful and we for us it's been a very personal thing over mm. thank you but i look at it as one of the grounding things mm. so so you know some of these disciplines of like creating space and the whole idea of you know of prayer or right now what's on trend everywhere is meditation and you know create space like for us we've we've had We've already that done for, it for, for, for a decade and beyond yeah. that and that's been really, really foundational for us. So, um, you know, and service, you know, so serving others, that is, that is thank you. But really that was in, in us probably from a faith perspective. It's like there was always, even growing up, I grew up with this, this understanding that your life is not for yourself, it's for others. Yeah. And you need to be thinking about how am I helping others? And uh, one of my all-time favorite movie quotes would be uh, Gladiator, um, <laughs> violent movie, but Russell Crowe in his you know voice, he's like, um, which I'm not going to do, but he says, um, what we do in this life will echo in eternity. I don't remember that, but wow. I love that line. And I hear it, and there's a part of me that's like, I think that what we do today has got more to do with tomorrow than we realize. And yeah. so I love that applied to everything. It's like, hey, is what I'm doing today going to echo beyond today? Or is it just going to be today? I hate that kind of, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to more and more think about others, the future. And, and that that is in part, you know, um, comes from our faith and, 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 and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, our, our family is not perfect. But, um, no, no. but we you guys are pretty close though well, what's that saying um we don't have it all together but together we have it all like oh, it, it feels that's like amazing that. well actually my last question is what's your favorite motivational quote so that's a nice segue yeah i i like that and that there's something even in that for thank you you know yeah. we don't have it all together i was at a conference the other day and this guy 
um, he got up and he's like, I'm so sorry we don't have an app. It's only an online um, web app because we couldn't afford an app. And then he introduced me with some ridiculous intro with like every award or everything <laughs> yeah. I've ever done. And so I'm the like, intro I'm going to do for you, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, and I get up there. I'm like, hey, everyone, let's we'll start by saying, we don't have an app either for tracking. <laughs> we couldn't afford it either. We've got a web app. Yeah. Like, like together, like, like we don't have it all together. Thank you. Together as a team and with all those connected, I feel like yeah, we do have it all. Yeah. So um, that's, that's I love quote. that quote and, and probably my other favorite quote, which became the literally um, linchpin to the whole New Zealand launch. So we launched all of New Zealand based on this one quote that a small group of determined people can change the course of history. And we tested that by gathering 300 people only in New Zealand. And we said to them, New Zealand, we, we are going to take a big bet. We're not going to launch Thank You New Zealand, but we're going to ask you, New Zealand, to launch Thank You. And we gave them a baton. We made 300 batons. We put Thank You on it and we put our story in it and we gave it to 300 people we'd met. So school kids, media people, social media crew. But we, we gave it to them and we literally said, you're a small group of people. This Friday's launch day. Do whatever the heck feels right to you. That's awesome and what let's, an amazing idea and let's idea. get this off the ground and we saw what was 300 people spark social media blowing up on the friday stores selling out multiple times over that weekend it was insane and then within our first few months we we're out selling our direct premium competitors on, on a whole bunch of our lines and it came from like a small group of that's determined so people cool. so that is thank you um you know that's who we are and um that's amazing thank you for being part of the small group as well oh thank you for having me as part of it <laughs> it's an honor and the second last question which i always ask that i forgot to ask is the three things that never come up in these interviews about you but if we're time pressed you can just give me one. Oh, three things that never come up um if you have three otherwise just one is cool look i, th- I think the notion of so, so the, the glamour of uh, maybe Instagram or conferences or books or microphones or podcasts is you can sit, and I know exactly the feeling, you can sit on the other side in your room reading it or listening to it going, how the heck do I get there? Mm. Um, I, like, I'm not just saying this to make you feel good. I still sit there looking at where we need to get to and I go, how the heck do we get there? Mm. Yes, we've got some experience and we've made some mistakes we've learned from them, but I still have that feeling. And same to, to that point, some days I have that feeling of like, oh, man, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> I feel like, did you ever feel like giving up? I'm like, do I tell them it was yesterday? Or is that, is <laughs> yeah. that too raw? Like, is that too real? So, so like there is, and, and I share that because, um, you know, this is moment and maybe we end on this because for me in, in 10 years this is a standout moment yeah. I, I had the incredible honor of being interviewed by by president obama um shut yeah up. 44th president of america he chose three young people from around the world i found out the day before <gasps> the day before i did not know that okay so okay, i'm at a conference in america oh my God. <laughs> I'm at, we're, yeah, we've got to finish for your sake. But we're yeah, at oh, a, we're no, for, both of us. So excited. <laughs> so Can't leave this out. We had a conference in America and I wasn't speaking. So I was just oh. attending. And it was the Obama Summit, right? So it was the <laughs> launch of their um, – or relaunch of their foundation. And apparently 20,000 people applied to go to sit in the room, but they picked 500. And I didn't, I didn't apply. So I, 
I think I was the token Aussie, but I got in the room. Nice. And so I'm like, cool, I don't know anyone here. I'm going to sit in the room. Everyone's like, are you going to get a selfie with Obama? I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll try. He actually opened by saying, uh, Michelle and I got up. They, they're like, Michelle and I have one rule, no selfies. Everyone's like, oh. Anyway, Damn. so I'm in the queue for registration and these two girls came up to me and they're like, are you Daniel Flynn? And I was like, yes. They said, okay, you didn't get back to our email. Oh like, okay, what, what happened? They're like, well, t- tomorrow morning, President Obama's asked if he could interview you on the live stream. Are you up for it? Oh, my God. Oh, my I, I God. Lit- I literally said, can you... Can, he so, asked can, for yeah, you. No, no, no. I said, can you repeat that? And they're like, oh... And they're like, there was a selection process. There was a short listing. And then he picked from that and loves your story. So the next morning, right, there's three of us from around the world. What? And we are nervous as anything. And if you want the picture, like we... So yeah, the, give me the picture. Big, I'll put it in the show notes. Big, big, big room, big room. And, 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 and then Secret Service came in and locked down the room. So they're doing Shut like, bro, it was like America. Like it well, was America. So America. So America. And so, so, so they come in and there's about 20 of them locking down the room. And I'm thinking, this is hectic. Anyway, then one of them counts down. He's like 100 feet, 70 feet, oh my God. 50 feet. And like my heart is like out of my chest. He counts down and then, it, and then opens the door. And then in comes like another 10 people, Secret Service. And in comes... President Obama and he was like and I'm like oh god and he, he's walking towards us so he, he he obviously was brief but he's like knew our names he's like how yeah, you doing yeah. I'm like oh good um, said to him so I ho- hope you're not feeling nervous for the interview and he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like I'm not nervous I'm like <laughs> that joke you idiot. did like, not go down well <laughs> and, and so we talk and, and the interview goes for 25 minutes so he Whoa. so like he's interviewing us for 25 minutes I'm like I don't even know like is this when does he do this? Like, yeah. and, and so, and he, and he didn't use notes. He's the most down to earth, like he's larger than life. And yet he made us within about two seconds feel so comfortable. He kind of briefed us. He's like, guys, this will be really straightforward. I mean, um, I'm just going to ask you about your story and share naturally. I'm like, who are you? He did the whole thing without <laughs> notes. An alien. Yeah, and, 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 and in such a raw way and and yet at the end of the interview and he asked, he's like daniel so when's this coming to more countries like markets are global now i'm like oh president Obama, we're about to launch into new zealand you know we'll get back to you after that yeah and, and you so, could be our us ambassador yeah yeah if you're interested i actually i gave him a pack afterwards oh that's sweet i snuck it past secret service but i gave him a pack and i'm like this is for you and and he opens it up and had some hand wash in the book and he's like oh great michelle and the girls we wash our hands so this will be great we would- <laughs> But he said one thing when the camera finished at the interview. So we do a 25 minute interview and the camera goes off and he just turned to the three of us and I'll never forget this. He just looked at us and he said, hey guys, um, the work you're doing is not easy, but it's important. Keep going. And it stuck with me because you could be sitting in your room right now going, you don't understand how hard it is for me. I, no, I, I do and I don't. But like, there's someone who's like done a lot of change and led a lot of stuff. Who's going? Hey, the work you're doing isn't easy, but it's important, so and it is. So it. keep going. And so, so really, that is, that is kind of the message for me. Is like, hey, keep going, um, and do important work. You know, and just because it's not easy doesn't mean it can't be done. Well, you are doing an incredible job at that. And it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining. And I do believe we will have Jazz on the show to tell her side of the story at some stage. So that'll be fun. That is fun. But yeah, thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you and in your life and with Chapter One. And yeah, can't wait to share this. Cool. 
Oh, Daniel never ceases to inspire me and make me want to do more good in the world. I hope you found this episode as moving as I did and are inspired to get some thank you goodies and shower for good. As always, show notes are up now so you can find out more about thank you and what they're up to. And please keep those amazing screenshots coming. They bring so much yay to myself and our guests. To keep spreading the yay, please share your thoughts tagging Daniel and I. There's Spoonful of Sarah and CZA now. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, hit that button now. Hope you're having an amazing day and a seizing your yay.